All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with Will and special guest, James Henderson from Inside Pack Sports. James is leading the Hates MJ fan club, right. and Will has beef with that, so ready, go. James, how you doing? Good, man. How you guys doing? We're doing well. I'm doing better after we scored 48 points, James. Why hey, are you guys so upset? I'm very happy. I'll take it. I don't care. Like, I, somehow, all of a sudden, me giving the coordinator props means I hate everybody. Right? Like, like that's because that, that's essentially what I've been saying is we've seen stuff schemed up for the first time all year. We call for it every week. We get it. And we're mad that we got it, I guess. I mean, because that, that's what I saw. I saw guys schemed up, easy opportunities, and give them credit. You know, I mean, one and one of the things I, I asked Dave last week, uh, it is going into this game, you know, like what changes had you made? Were there other changes? And, he, and you, you guys saw it on the depth chart. There were other positional changes. But it was clear they went in and said, we have to get KC X amount of touches. We have to get Trent Penix touches. And they did that, and you saw what comes from that. But I don't necessarily feel that's me knocking MJ Morris. Where... I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, our, our my folks listen to your <laughs> yeah. post-game pod, as they usually do, and – the takeaway was like, damn, dude, why are they, why don't they like MJ? Why do they, you know, it was a lot of Brennan Armstrong talk. Like, Brennan could have done this. Why didn't they get Brennan this chance? Well, I, but I think that's, that's an argument we, that's an argument we were making when Brennan was the quarterback. You guys were saying it. Where's the easy stuff? Yeah. Where's the schemed up opportunities? And then you go and change quarterbacks and it's all of a sudden you see it. And so the question becomes, yeah, that is a question you want to make because it's not a me. You may you can eliminate the name Armstrong if you want to. Uh, guys were six games into the season. Why not just say why didn't we do this the first five games of, of the season? Like it's not about the quarterback to me. It's about why you didn't make it easier for who you had at quarterback. And I guess the argument for maybe why it, it seems we're knocking MJ is if you strip away the schemed up stuff, the rest wasn't really pretty. If we're being honest about this specific game, just this game, you know, not what he did in the past, just this game. If you take away the seven pop passes to, to, you know, Gray and Conception, the schemed up stuff to Trent Penix. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, Evan, I know you got a pretty good arm. You can make that pass to Trent, right? It was 10 yards down the field. You can can throw that. Again, again, I'm not saying that to knock him. I'm just saying if you strip that away – I'll give you a stat that they give maybe give a better uh, idea of this. Uh, PFF had in this game NC State with one contested catch in this game, like opportunity. Mm-hmm. They were zero for one, one mm-hmm. contested catch opportunity on the season. They were at twenty five, so that tells you in yeah. the other five games there were twenty five contested catch throws in the game in those games versus one in this one. Yeah, but the the last game, right? You had Dave saying that we had what Casey was open like thirteen times, and he, right? And so there were plenty of other uncontested opportunities that Brendan, for whatever, never saw. And I would say, yeah, Trent Penix was schemed open on that first one, right? But the second pass where MJ gets smashed in the pocket, right? same play, he delivers that throw, same basically. But here's the thing, right? We just saw Brennan. You know, anytime he was getting pressure like that, he would fold. So you didn't you so, you guys haven't seen Armstrong make a pass while getting hit this year? Well, hey, you know, yeah, you're right. I saw his last pass yeah. when he got hit, and that was an interception. Exactly. Um, I saw him overthrow Keon Lassane 
in the red zone for an interception. I saw him third and nine get crushed, hit Bradley Rosner across the middle on a contested catch. I saw him third and 14 at Virginia get hit, get crushed, hit KC coming across the field. And again, I'm not saying that's a support Armstrong. I'm saying both guys do it. It's not a one or the other thing. Yeah, that's my thing, though, right? Is like, here's the thing is, did they not call these plays because of Brennan? Like that's well, the thing is like the question should have been for mm-hmm. I, I wish you guys would have asked it right would would have been they've answered okay it. hey man offense no no offense looked a lot different right why didn't we see this kind of these kind of calls for for Brennan I just like, they've answered know, they've already easy. answered that question he said that when you're going to a least uh, an ex, a quarterback with, with less experience you have to make things simpler for them like I, I don't think they didn't give it to Brennan because they didn't think he could do what MJ just did I mean guys like we, we're sitting here saying. He threw seven fucking, excuse my language, seven pop passes. Sorry, mom. Yeah, my, you guys do it. I'm my fault. This is this is not this is not a uh, <laughs> this is not one of those. You guys do it. But I mean, like, you don't think you don't think Brennan could have completed seven pop passes? Seriously, like at this point in time? Oh yeah, can you do the pop passes? Yeah. Sure. My problem is, is I think there was no confidence in him throwing downfield anymore. I think he has lost confidence in himself, and I I think you know just the whole program looked. Just like it had no confidence in him. And I just, I think there was, like, that. that's the thing is, maybe they should ask themselves, why did we make it so complicated for mm-hmm. Brennan? Because after a couple games, they should have said, boy, this guy doesn't quite see the field the way we thought he might. I mean, I've never told you guys I think Brennan Armstrong's a great quarterback. Uh, if you find somewhere where I've said, I've said in this system, he's been great. And all of a sudden, when I say MJ Morris was really good in this system, that's a knock on Morris. It's not a knock. If But my point is, if you strip away the easy schemed up stuff and look at simply what he was asked to do when you take away, what what are we, 6 of 16 in dropbacks? Three interceptions? Yeah. I mean, when you take away the simple stuff, what, he didn't throw interceptions? Oh, I, first you of know, all, hold on, hold on. I, do first not get all, me started on these INTs. But yeah, let's, let's go over the, the INTs. Like, I, hang, I, I, on, the, the, hang on, Let's go over it. No, oh, because because we I, like I don't I, I do not I do not remember the I do not remember the excuses being made prior in prior games for interceptions. Uh, so I'd love to hear these excuses. That's all. Let's let, let me hear them. No, no, well, for, no, just, no. For, actually, wanna, you know, oddly, I've got to make a caveat. Yeah. James saying let's take away the easy stuff is equivalent of James saying, "Well, UConn doesn't count now." Right? Do we not count UConn anymore? I'm not, that's, I'm not saying let's same, take away the, the easy stuff. Thing. The easy stuff counts. But I'm saying when you evaluate his performance in this game, you know, like I think Duke's going to be enough of a challenge to where I don't think they're going to let KC get seven pop passes. Like, I mean, six of his eight catches were both behind the line of scrimmage. I don't think Duke's going to allow that. So what I'm saying is when what we were doing on our podcast is we were looking at it big picture moving forward. If you're saying that stuff can't continue at that rate, what did he show in this game that's going to give you hope moving forward that he'll be able to do something different against big, against better teams? Now, now, again, I also told said on the podcast this was his first game. I expect MJ yeah. to be a lot better. I said that. I'm not down on Morris. But if you just look at this game and you take away the easy shit, his numbers weren't great. Yeah, That's it. I would say, right, I would say this offense scored 48 points with him not having a stellar performance. Agree. Right? When so I was I told they could never is... score 48 points. Like, I, you know, we were told this would not happen with <laughs> Robert and I, and it possibly wouldn't yeah, happen, you know. I mean, 
I mean, hey, this is the first, what, isn't this the first time on season they broke the uh, 31 point yeah. scoring yes. that they needed, right? Um, I can't remember with uh, VMI. I can't Do we have enough I mean, pick six? We had two or three pick sixes in that one, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, even Dave doesn't count VMI. Yeah, you don't, you we don't count VMI. Sweet, right? yeah, he was like, that, that doesn't game. count. Forget that game. You know, um, I'm pretty soon you're not going to count Marshall. I, I mean, like, I would imagine if – I'll give you another way to look at it. Like, if you guys had the same game and Armstrong was the quarterback, if you want to just keep discussing MJ versus Brennan, how yeah. would you be viewing Brennan coming out of this game? Would you Negative. say – what what negatively okay negatively because okay. right because here's the thing right with brennan the argument for him is he's got what four or five years of experience um and so if you look at this game performance if brennan put up similar numbers you know you you see him regressing from yukon to notre dame a little bounce back with vmi right but then looked pretty average mediocre against uva average mediocre or worse First UL, and then you play this performance, and if he did the same thing, you'd be saying, "Well, we've seen a negative trend with this guy, and and there's a problem here," you know. And I think that's the thing is there is so much data on Brennan Armstrong that even what you'd call like a okay season, which I'd say last year was for him. I think he had like 21 touchdowns and what was it like 10 or 12 turnovers. Like he wasn't even giving us really that type of performance. I think they threw it up on the screen at one point when he came in the game. He was like five touchdowns, six interceptions, and then what one on the ground or something. So my thing is if you if he put up these numbers, you'd say, Well, we still got a problem. And I think the thing with MJ is you you have to factor in right, he missed a lot of time with that injury. I think I don't know how much of spring ball he really got to play before the OC came in. Um, and then, you know, who knows how many snaps he was really getting in, in camp. So like, to me, I thought it was fine because I saw a lot of upside with him again. Right. I thought the downfield, uh, balls were, uh, relatively good. I think he clearly has that connection with Timmons still. And, you know, I know you guys say it was an easy pass, but the pass to KC, uh, I mean that like 20 yard route, right? Like, yeah, I think it's a simple thing, but he hit him in stride and he hit guys in stride a lot in the game when he did it. So I think, you know, it, I think it's just not fair to be like, well, if we give Brennan the same performance, how do we feel? I think you have enough data at that point to say this guy is not going to get it done going forward. Right, and, and we were simply evaluating the game, like in terms of how they so, – so if you would say Brennan, it wasn't a good performance for Brennan, then you could say it wasn't a good for, performance for MJ. And, and I think it was an acceptable performance. Fine, yeah. And I think the thing is like – but here's the challenge too, right – I don't know how Brennan would have responded if he threw that pick six, for example. Because at the, that I don't point, think he right, would have like, thrown it. I think at the moment it was a bad snap, he would have tucked it and ran oh, it. Oh, yeah. He, he probably, like, that's probably, the other right? thing. That's the part on that throw I put on MJ. Is And again, that's inexperience. That's where I'm willing to give him a pass. Like I'm not talking about the throw. The, on, a, on a tunnel screen, the moment the snap's off, the timing's off. So he has yeah, to have in his mind, coaching. tuck it and run it. But instead, yeah, he throws you know, it, it's and, blown up, you know. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, McMahon, bad snap, right? But here's the problem. Porter Brooks, doesn't he? I mean, I've seen amputees with better blocking. Yeah, that was block crazy. But you, but, you know, I don't know what was going on through his mind, which is probably thinking like, well, I only have to hold this block for about a second, right? right. And it's maybe a second and a half, right? And just like lets the guy go by. Like, that's that's the kind of stuff where at, that whole play was a fail. And, and to your point, right? Maybe if he's getting snaps all season, that play doesn't happen because he has that experience, right? I mean, just everything went wrong on that one. 
right? So, like, yeah, I'm not going to blame him other than, yeah, I wish he had held the ball, sure. But three other fail points on that play, in my opinion. Um, the one with KC, I think we were saying earlier, or I was trying to say earlier, right, you saw a similar interception at the Notre Dame game with KC, right, where he tipped the ball up and it got picked off, mm-hmm. right? So that that stuff happens. Um, I put a lot more blame on the Although the, although the, the one in Notre Dame was like, I mean, like kind of right here. It was worse, I thought. What do you mean worse? Right? Like on KC the it one was at Notre Dame. The one at Notre Dame, wasn't it in front of him or was it behind it him? It was like right in stride. I thought he was – if it was a third and 20 and he caught it kind of like two yards short. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that one was actually worse at, at Notre Dame. But my thing is, like, you get a hand on it. Like, I just, I don't know. I default to blaming a a, a wide receiver there. But shit happens. Um, I think the other thing too that's kind of missed is I was rewatching the game right before this. Right, there were a lot of very poorly timed penalties that put us in like mm-hmm. third and long with MJ. Right, so there was some difficulty, and I think he was being asked to make some probably more difficult passes in those situations. And, you know, only a couple of those, I think, got converted. So, like, overall, my thing is, you look at that game, I look and say, there's upside here. There's clearly upside here. I I think what threw me off at the beginning of the week was Phillip saying, you know, questioning why there's a, a cult around MJ. Mm-hmm. And I would say, if if you look Which from I a agree fan's with. perspective... Right. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, if you look from the fan perspective and I say, well, last year this guy came in in the second half and saved the VT game, or maybe he came in right before the half. I think he's played, like, the second drive, and they rotated, and then they did. Yeah, they were rotating back and forth, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it clicked, right? And we win that game. Then he goes in and beats number 21 at the time, Wake Forest, right? They were 6-2 and Mm -hmm. going into that game. Wins that one. And then he gets two touchdowns in BC before he injures his knee on that fourth and one. And then we all know how that game ends. And then he comes in and leads to 48 points with this team. Do you think it's like really that crazy for fans to be like, I really like what this guy has done with little or no experience. And I think there's a lot of upside given how he just came in and played. Like he wasn't the starter last year. So I just think it makes sense that fans would be like, I'd rather see the guy that we recruited that's come in, that's won two ACC games, and clearly has, like, the spirit of the team behind him. Like, they definitely look different when he's in the game. I mean, that last game, like, when they were, like, not helping Brendan Armstrong up off the ground. I mean, Pey- like, Peyton I seemed to like Brendan. I think I think Peyton's <laughs> de- defending Brendan. Everyone says that Peyton looked pretty damn pissed when Brendan threw that interception at, at oh, UL. Well, I mean, so, uh, or like it, yeah, Peyton. So, but like he's doing his job as a captain, right? Like the booing is ridiculous, right? Like so, I'm glad it, he came out and defended that kid. And I and I think it is insane because here's the thing: he's gonna come in for short yardage packages. Like he is gonna be involved in that. You know, now whether what they did for him this game was smart, that could easily be be stated. But I think it makes sense that the fan base is behind. MJ, because honestly, he's given a spark in a real shit scenario last year. And now he's coming in when people are really down and he led to a lot of points. And like, I, I just think, I, I makes think sense. to me, I think at least for me, when I say the cult following, it's not like not being high on MJ. It is the, what seems to be the willingness to gloss over the negatives and kind of try and only look at positives in each situation. When, if you're being objective, that's not like I I want MJ Morris to succeed. I don't know if people think that's not true, but I do. 
but I'm still also going to tell you, like you go and watch our walkthroughs or our look backs at the games with Brennan. Go listen to what Philip was saying about Brennan every week. He has to be better. He has to be better. He's doing this wrong. He's doing that wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, he, it, it's no different in this game. You know, we're going to judge him based on – and so when he says cult following, it's like this he can't do no wrong. Like, you know, he throws a pick six and he comes back on the field and folks are chanting his name. Like, are they chanting – he's like, think about it. He throws a pick well, six, he comes I, back out and folks are chanting his name. I Yeah. I mean, I think – that they're behind the young guy and they don't expect. I, here's the thing: like, I don't think people are like MJ's going to come in and throw 400 yards, five touchdowns in this opening game. So they're sitting there behind him, chanting him. Now, if I remember, I thought they were chanting because of the fourth down, the the short the short goal line perspective. But here's the thing: like, they like him because he's scored a lot. And quite frankly, like, you know, well, I, I mean, I he scored a lot. Like, he scored a lot this game. I mean, Virginia. If we really look at it objectively, well, like, no, no, no. I'm saying like. It, I'm saying his three and a half games, he's got 12 I, I, Yeah, I just want to – like 11 passing ones. Right, because we can't run right. the ball with him in a game. So what I'm saying is Virginia – I'm just apparently. saying Virginia Tech, you scored 22. <laughs> Wake, you did score 30 against a really bad Wake defense. BC, you scored 21. It's not a lot of points. I mean, but you're right. He individually well, but, is but scoring 20, touchdowns. But but the, the scores against BT were basically in one half, right? Well, he played the first and half. So, I mean, he earned a he, – he, uh, I mean, he played, but it's hard. I mean, look, that – that quarterback shuffle game, like that's never a good sign. Like, just remind should... your, you guys, remind your listeners of that. The next time we're told Dave stubborn, he gave Jack Chambers all the four quarters before he went to a new guy. So just saying, yeah, but you okay, see it, yeah, j- right? just you saying. See I mean, but I think we all saw it right with the with the Syracuse game, right? Like he gave him. Even no, I think if MJ completes man, that bomb, that, he stays in MJ, that game. Yeah, he, he came they in. Brought, they brought MJ in on the third yep. play again. Like, he's that, not stubborn. Oh, I he know. wanted no. MJ to be the guy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is like I just think you know in that game, man. If we go back and look at yeah, it, if he doesn't like, throw the ball into the sidelines, just, just ride with him. If he doesn't throw the ball into yeah. the sidelines on that bomb and just completes that pass, they probably keep him in the game the rest of the way. Oh, probably. Yeah, probably for sure. And then we probably blow BT out, and everyone is like, we got the quarterback of the future. I, so I, ho- he I hope the- he is. Like my problem with, well, I don't want to say my problem. I guess for me, sometimes you hear stuff that you can't talk about relative to certain kids. Mm-hmm. And it it subliminally, ju- you know, kind of impacts your opinion on the situation. And there are some things relative to MJ's previous injury, um, transfer portal situation, yeah, all, that all rubbed me, in a sense, the wrong way. So this narrative of he's a NC State guy, again, I'm not saying he's not, just rumors and things you hear. This narrative of him being an NC State guy, all about NC State, sometimes you hear stuff that, that maybe changes your thought process on that. And, yeah, yeah. And so for I don't and, – and, and I'm not saying that stuff's true. I'm saying because you hear, you may hear some things like that, I don't weigh or factor that stuff in at all. Like, I don't care if it's a transfer portal guy. I don't care if it's a guy who you signed out of high school. That doesn't matter to me. Just somebody play well. I don't care. I, yeah, that's I, I, I don't, I don't And care. that's what I would say is when he's been given snaps, he's played relatively well. And, like, so, I mean, the thing is, like, it makes sense to bring in Brandon Armstrong from the portal. This kid's coming off injury. You got his old OC. Like, I don't see anything wrong with bringing in Brandon Armstrong. But I think from the get-go, it did not look like the Brandon Armstrong we were hoping for, nor did it look like the scheme we were yeah. expecting. I mean, run the scheme. And so, 
Well, that's the thing, right? It's like for whatever reason they decided to do more of a a drive extending ground and pound, you know, grinder type offense again uh, instead of being explosive. And that's the thing is, you know, one game, right, versus Marshall, but there were a lot of explosive plays. And and things just looked kind of smooth when you let him stay in the game, you know, after he settled down after that first quarter. Yeah, it was really feast or famine. You know, you had six three and outs. You had the three turnovers. And it was weird because they were all, like, early – like everybody's looking at the defense, you know. Yeah. What did they have? Like nine. They had twelve drives that ended in two plays or less, or three plays or less. Yeah. State did. Yeah, I thought that was a good point. So you know, um, it was very feast or famine, and and I don't know how much of that I think can continue. You know, when you start playing a Duke or a, or a Clemson or a or a Miami, can you find a good mixture there of some explosives? But you're, you're going to have to be better from a down-to-down situation. And that's when we're saying we're talking about it objectively. It's not a knock like on MJ as a player or anything like that. It's what we saw from that game. And I think that's kind of what surprised us is folks just want us to come out and say what exactly? That we thought it was everything was great because State scored 48 points? No, it wasn't. Everything wasn't great just because you put up 48 points. Because, because the question is... How you got to 48, is that sustainable each week? Yeah. So, But here's the thing, right? Is Yeah, it's feast and famine like you're saying, right? But the defense throughout the season, UConn 14, VMI yeah. 7, right? UVA 21, and Louisville 10. That feast or famine approach would have worked in those games. Let's say it's only 24 points, right? You win all those games still. 100%. So I think that's – so that's the thing is like I, I – people are saying, can this be replicated? My thing is it doesn't have to be – replicated all the time but it has to have that threat of being replicated and that's the thing is just like with armstrong for whatever reason this explosive upside just really wasn't wasn't there and so i i just think i think it would be i think it's logical to expect mj's gonna have some games where he puts up a lot of points and there's gonna be some games where you just grind it out to 24 but he's got that upside that's what i felt like you guys were missing when you go back and look at what he's capable of is when he hits He's hit. I guess for me, like I haven't seen the upside to that degree. Like what? Because in this game, what I saw was schemed up stuff that that I believe, if you call those plays for other quarterbacks, right or wrong, they can make those plays. Like I didn't see. I, I, I'm trying to think of an, a, a good example. Like I hate you. I, I hate. Know, I, I hate using this. Ex- I'll give you an example. I'll give you an like example. Backup walk-on quarterback can make these. Plays. I'm not saying a backup like, walk-on quarterback. I mean, no, like that's like, what Alex was saying, right? Ethan yeah. Rhodes I mean, or, wait, who's Ethan Rhodes? Is, that's not Ethan from the podcast. No, no. Brendan Armstrong. Okay. Brendan Armstrong's thrown for eleven thousand yards. I think a guy who's thrown for eleven thousand yards in the ACC can do it. That's all I'm saying. Now, but I'll give you an I example of where I mean. Sure. I give you an example of where I mean by two completely different quarterbacks. I hate using this guy as an example because people say I love him, but you go watch Drake May play every week. He's kind of good. Yeah, he's very, very fucking good. <laughs> like, you, you know, you can run whatever system you want. You can call whatever play you want. He's going to make a damn play. You don't have to go out there and hand the ball to somebody seven times and call it a pass. Now, can we get away from doing that and run a traditional offense and be as similar as successful? That's my question. Do we need to though? That's the question. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm I'm fine manufacturing. I, I want to manufacture. And, and I don't think it's a knock. Thought, <laughs> no, no, no. But like, I thought Alex made a, like a really good point, right? On those pop passes, somehow KC is cutting in between yes. the tackles better than our running backs do from from a natural running back position. So, right. So, 
I mean, I'd be curious to see. I didn't go back and watch the. Uh, I don't. Did they play ODU last week? Whoever Marshall played, someone put up a ton. ODU. Of they popped them. a bunch of long. Like they, I yeah. think they rushed for like three forty four against them. So I'm sure they saw some stuff on tape and were like, "Hey, we can take advantage of that." But I mean, that's the thing is like, I think the biggest issue a lot of people have had with the offense this season is there wasn't that effort to get these guys touching. Exactly. Julian Gray, you know, they let Julian Gray run it a few, and like the thing is like at some point he's going to pop one. Um, you know, I don't know if Jalen Coit's ever going to get in, right? But he's clearly explosive as a punt returner now. So I don't know. The thing that really threw me off coming out of that game or out of the press conference on Monday was. Dave once again saying we got to get key on ridiculous. The ball. Like I, I don't get. I I wish I wish my wife looked at me the way Dave ridiculous. Looks at like Keon. like you know I mean what do you, what do you have on him son? But but I, I but did you guys hear in the um in the in game uh, broadcast after Penix made a play, they made a comment of Anai saying he's done playing possum with Penix. Did you guys hear that? Mm-mm. So he was talking to the commentators. They were talking about their in-game discussion with Anai during the week. And he said, we're we're tired of playing possum with Penix. It's time to really utilize these tight ends. That's the stuff we're talking about when we're saying, why are you waiting to week six for this? It has nothing to do yeah. with the quarterbacks. This is not about Brendan Armstrong or MJ Morris. And, and me saying they're scheming stuff up is a positive. We can't talk for nine months about... We're glad we got an eye because he features these guys and gets these guys touches. And then all of a sudden when he does it, we're mad about it. I'm not mad about it. I'm happy he's doing that. I'm just saying I'm not using that to evaluate what the quarterback did because that's yeah, QB-friendly yeah. stuff. You know, that that's all I'm saying. So when you say that and it's taken as like you're not – you don't like MJ, it's like, no, it has nothing to do with MJ. Now, if you strip that away and it's 6-for-16 six on the traditional stuff – yeah, that's not a good thing. The IPS pod came off very, um, almost condescending, you know, and that's what that's what I think spurred the conversation is that it it comes off as MJ, you know, Brandon Armstrong could have done these things. Well, Brandon Armstrong had five games and didn't do anything. Yeah, didn't get any of those things. Not, and his ball control was, or his you know his ability to protect the ball was not there and his decision making was not there like at least you can look to MJ and say he was more decisive on you know on those Penix throws on those maybe maybe they are they were all throws, one right? they were all one fill- read throws they were all one read like it's right. very you know I give an example Jack Jack Plummer for Louisville second and 19 one of the I guarantee if you ask Tony Gibson he'd love to have this playback second and 19 state goes cover 0 mm. And they give him a one read, get to your foot, throw a jump ball, 50-50 ball. Their guy makes the play. Shaheen Battle doesn't drop it all. That's not like – that's not a yeah, rocket science work. read. That's not – exactly. Right. I don't want to give a quarterback who I don't think can play that type of read. I want to make him read the field. I want to make him go through regressions. <laughs> like, that's my point. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's that's my whole thing is, like, I again, I think sometimes OCs get – stuck in this thought process of, well, my quarterback is experienced, therefore Agreed. I need to give him more to do. Instead of being like, hey, you know what, he was pretty damn good just doing the basics. So why I, just give we, him the basics? I agree. They should have been giving whoever the quarterback is, I don't care who the quarterback is, from week one, give him the basics. Give yeah. him the basics. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't have to be Brennan or MJ. I don't care. Week one, give him easy stuff. You run a system to make your quarterback look better. Everybody's yeah. not Drake May or Caleb Williams or whoever you thinks this next Trevor Lawrence, whoever you thinks this next trend 
you know, ideal quarterback. Everybody's not that. Brendan Armstrong was never that. But but in this system, he has shown he could be really good. And they were not running yeah. that system the first five weeks. That's all I was saying. And it, and it I, doesn't I have to do, do it, MJ. I would say if they really want to, like, just replicate what they did at UVA, like, you can bring Brennan Armstrong, but make him that Keaton, what was his name, Keon Thompson, that night, number well, 99 or whatever, Keaton. the quote-unquote football yeah. player. Like, because that's the thing. It's like, I think Brennan Armstrong is closer to that as a quarterback than MJ. Like, I, I just don't think Brennan is a incredibly accurate passer. I think he's a guy that when you give him those single reads and those deep balls, like, I think he can throw those. Like, I think he showed that with, like, Timmons in the UL game, right? Like, just give him more opportunities to do that. UConn, they did that. Yeah, it's just I don't think they optimized his skill set at all. Notre Dame. Reason. I mean, you know, you take the yeah. seven drops back against Notre Dame, you've got a 350-yard passing game on Notre Dame's defense. I'll take that after what they've yeah, been doing. Yeah, but for whatever reason, they I, – I mean, that's – I think that's the broader question is – why did you not simplify things for Brennan Armstrong? Would things have been different? Or did it not matter because, and, frankly, the interior was letting guys blitz and hit him like 10 times well, a game? And, and that's, the, like, that's the whole deal of what I'm trying to figure out what NC State was looking to do, right? Because there's multiple ways you can look at it. You can say State woke up and said, hey, we should be getting Kevin Conception X amount of touches a game. Trent Penix, like did Trent Penix have a catch the previous three games? I don't know. But all of a sudden, you see them scheme up three wide-open plays for him when you haven't done that literally all year. You schemed it up. So did they go into last week when they said, we're making a quarterback change. Let's reevaluate everything. Let's try and get these guys X amount of touches. Did they do that? Or did they say, we're making it too hard on our quarterback. We're going to an inexperienced quarterback. Let's simplify this a little bit to fit this quarterback. Because that's what we were watching on Saturday. For the first time all year, it felt like State was running a simplified offense for the quarterback. I don't care who the quarterback is. The I'm just saying the offense itself. Yeah. I think they hit the easy button, and I think right. they should always hit the easy button. Uh, and as long as you can. Football. Now, again, my concern is going against better defenses. Are you going to be able to run the football without the QB run game element? Are they going to allow well, you to yeah. just hand the ball off? X amount of times to your receivers and that beast. As State had 196 yards after the catch in this game. I think yeah. MJ finished with what 268, 275. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Something like that. So, so basically, yeah, he finished with 265 uh, total yards, 196 yards after the catch. So that's basically 69 yards of air yards. Like against better teams who can tackle better, they're not going to allow you to get 196 yards after the catch. Well, first off, like, make sure they can do that, right? How many times have we seen inferior teams run and pass all over this vaunted, you know, yeah. uh, NC State defense, right? Like, all you have to do is throw the ball up, and a guy has to slip or be a step off, and all of a sudden you either got P.I., a deep ball, or a touchdown, right? Like, we just – it's not that hard in today's game to beat good defenses. You just have to, like I said, just take the easy button and hit. The thing is, is – you know, the, I think the argument you guys were making the other night was, okay, like, Duke's going to press up on these guys. How's he going to look then? And my argument would be, well, Brennan Armstrong also looks like he struggles when the guys were pressing up. Like, it's sometimes it's hard to beat press coverage. But, like, I don't think Brennan's extra 50 or 60 yards on the ground has really changed anything in that situation. And so what I, I guess what I'm taking away is, first off, let's see if you can hit the easy button. Two, does his passing ability, which I think is better than Armstrong's, free up some stuff? In the run game itself, right? Like, yeah, I know everyone wants to say Marshall was undersized and all that stuff, but th- that was definitely the best running performance 
we had seen all season, right? The holes were there. The guys were actually hitting them for the most part. Mims all of a sudden looked like he could, you know, jump yeah. sideways. Like, I mean, you rushed for 136 you know, I, yards against Marshall. Like, that's the thing that worries me. You know, you, yeah. you and where you're, t- you're right, the 50 to 60 yards may not mean anything. Where it means things at is being able to sustain drives. Like, can you do things to – like, how many times did we see NC State at the quarterback position? I'm not going to say Armstrong's name because that means I'm supporting Armstrong for some reason. But just what you were getting at the quarterback position. How many times did you see on third and four, nothing be there, and you pick up six and you stay on the field? Yeah, I agree. I mean, but I also can he do that? Do yeah, that exactly. Can he, can I, I, he do that? But now, I mean, that's my thing is what I was trying to kind of – highlight earlier right is there were a bunch of third and longs because of false starts holding things like that that really sent them off schedule that whatever the quarterback is it's going to be a challenge but my thing is just like just do things to make things easy and if and if mj scores a bunch of points and we win a bunch of games this season because we kept making things easy yeah i would suggest you keep making things easy it's totally fine i often wonder if the complexity comes from you know, a Brennan or a Leary or someone like that saying, well, it's my final year here or I want to get drafted. So I got to show that I can do these things. Maybe that goes into the, the discussion points, right? Because I just don't understand why, to your point, you could have ran this offense all season. We probably have at least one more win. Yeah. I, well, right. I mean, like you, you should have, you should have beat Louisville if you run this. I mean, like you can't yeah. throw one pop, you can't throw one freaking scene past the Trent Penix. You score 20 points, you win the game. Like, like what are we yeah. doing here? Um, but I don't understand why they would say that about Trent Penix. That's such a weird say. Like, why, say which one? The yeah, it's ridiculous. Possum. Yeah, they're like we're like we're hiding his ability. And, and you like, waited. You waited playing. six games for this. Like this is the that's the stuff that bought and, and, and people I guess are taking that as a like we're saying um, you know that's a, a positive a negative. For, I don't know how with for Armstrong. It has nothing to do with Armstrong. It's the offense. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't care who the quarterback is. Get Trent Penix the ball. Like, maybe the, thing, maybe the, the comment there was, I I wonder if their thought process is, well, we really want Trent for the ACC part of the schedule. Like, I mean, it may be. I mean, tr- and we know this dude only has two or three games in him. I mean, Trent played. Trent had three catches for ninety nine yards in this game. He averaged air yards with seven yeah. yards attempt per attempt from a tight end. It's what we expected. Yes. Yeah, it's what we from, thought we were getting last year, this year, right? Like make make that guy happen and just hit it as long as you can. That's my thing is. Trent Penix will get injured at some point. I mean, the question becomes like for me when I said when I, I agree with you, make it as easy as you can as for as long as you can. But there's going to be times where your quarterback's going to have to be able to make plays, like make plays. And when I watch this game back, and I've already done it again for this freaking thing that takes forever for me to write up. I hate doing it because it takes forever. Like <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you don't. I didn't see a lot of just true playmaking. Now again, first start. He's a sophomore. He's going to get better. I think this is a QB-friendly system. I'm not telling you I think MJ Morris is going to fail. I think MJ Morris should be good because if you look at Robert and I's track record, has he had a bad quarterback? I mean, for the most part, no, unless it's been yeah. just somebody who's not a ACC-level quarterback. or quarter- he's, he's elevated Perkins. Yes. He's elevated Armstrong. Armstrong. Jerry Schrader, and now you've yeah. got MJ Which Morris. is another reason I think people are like, well, why wouldn't you want to get behind? Why wouldn't you think MJ has upside, right? You just saw those three, I don't know, I'd call them pretty basic guys. They're runners first. Right, that, that's the word, and, and that's the difference. Second, right? And that's the I do not think MJ's a runner. That, like, if you're saying upside, to me, that that's where there is a difference in the perceived upside. I think in the college game, 
offenses really benefit with mobility at the quarterback position. I don't view MJ as a runner. He looked very awkward on that one scramble he had where he slid and it did not look comfortable. He he he's not well, a he's guy. He's a baseball player. He's but he slid last he, year and looked fine. He's that not was, a guy that, that though that I think weird. you want to run Q, like even when they call QB draws, he didn't look comfortable caught running it. And so I think that's thought, knocking his upside to a degree for me. Is is he yeah. doesn't have the same mobility. <clears throat> but but I'm not like letting that be a knock on him. I'm just I, I think maybe we should have to what Evan's talking about re- relative to our podcast, maybe we should have approached it more big picture versus we felt like we were com- looking at what State was doing in Marshall, how he performed against Marshall, and also asking why they didn't do the same things the previous five games. Yeah. and Because and, you, you guys it, agreed they didn't. Did that look like anything we saw the first five games of the season? No, no. But, but it, I would say that podcast, for whatever reason, came across as we've got to really temper expectations here well, yeah. instead of – I mean, I just – again, I just think that was a crazy start to that game. And like you said, those three interceptions early in possessions, the short field that we kept giving yeah. them, not just on those plays, but with the kickoffs, like – there were there was a lot of weird happening, and what I thought was great is he looked pretty poised throughout the whole thing. Didn't look super down. Kept coming back. Came out there a couple times. Like they scored, we scored almost. The, uh, I think either the next player, the uh, play or the series after that. So like to me, I just think I just saw a young quarterback who's been thrown in halfway through the season twice now, and looks pretty confident. And I think. I think there's plenty to like going forward because I think a lot of those mistakes were easily fixed. And I do think there's more that you can get off the easy button with these guys. I think, I mean, they just, they get KC open a lot. They they're able to get Timmons open a lot. If you play Anthony Smith, you might have even more deep ball they're threats. They're not doing that. They're not doing that. I, I know. know. They'll never give my guy a chance. He's your guy too. See, well, we see Evan. We agree on oh, something. Like, I mean, what are we doing here? He's, I told I, I told Anthony I mean, like Anthony just, get a flag on special teams so they know you're still on the team like when you go out there on punt coverage <laughs> just like you know take a penalty or something say I'm still here you can play me um, T- tell me having having a, a rotation of Michael Allen at running back Anthony Smith Timmons Casey and either Trent Penix or Rosser tell me that's not a big play threat. In three or four it, it spots, it should be man. I don't. I don't. We're not. We're not as smart as some of the. I'm not it, as man. smart as Deep some of those guys. Deep balls are tough so, to catch all the time. Um, I, I, Deep balls are tough to catch. I don't understand why we hold Anthony Smith to some higher standard than Keon Lassane, who ain't catching many balls himself. Yeah, I, I just. That, but that again goes in line with what we've been seeing all year. We're not making things easy on your quarterback. We we haven't been, and and again, I hope this continues again for MJ. My worry is we come out against Duke and it's back to what we saw the first five games of the season. Hey, go win this with your arm. Go make full field progression reads. You know, let's run QB run game. Let's not scheme anybody open. That's my worry. And that's not a knock on MJ. My question then becomes, though, can he win that way? Can he win that way? Well, he yeah. he can win that way more than Brennan Armstrong Maybe. can win tucking and running at every – you know, I, I after think one, one the, read and running. The thing like, I disagree on with the Brennan Armstrong taking, like him only being a runner, is I don't understand how you're a top ten passer all time in the ACC, and the only thing you can possibly do is run the football. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, well, that's what he's doing now. I mean, that's that's what we're seeing now, right? because then, yeah, the we just because we just talked about the same system. Like we we were saying that they didn't play this way the first five games. 
You guys agree with me on that, right? Right, like yeah, right. They simplify. Yeah, it. but I almost simplify I, for him. It's, yeah, sorry. It's, I don't know why they didn't simplify for him, and they asked him to do different things, and he wasn't doing the simple things that they asked him to do either. So I think that's the the disconnect here. It's not like the off the offense change. I mean, the offense changed, but it's not like it changed just because it's MJ. It changed because it wasn't working, even with Brennan Armstrong. And so, they, right. So I guess I the argument they had to figure it out. They had to. The put the question would have been what? Like again, I don't care if it was Brennan. I want to be running an easy offense week one, where you could possibly be six and zero instead of four and two. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. You like, should be. You you yeah. were you were you should have been five and one without running a simple offense with Brennan Armstrong. I mean, you guys agree, right? You should have beat Louisville. Yeah. If you just like, could have, Brennan didn't. Well, I mean, here's Brennan the thing: help you in that game. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's part my, of the That's what I keep coming back to: is did Brennan demonstrate that he can hit the easy button as well? No. Because that's no. That's things well, like I was thinking back just now, right? Remember when we had? Uh, I can't remember if it was through the auction or whatever, but some people got to go to one of those scrimmages. It wasn't the comment like, "Well, you need to expect like two or three or four interceptions," right? And it's like. Yeah, I mean, we just we literally just had three in a game. Like, I expect interceptions to happen when you're throwing the football. Like, I know, but it doesn't sound (laughs) like they were like, well, were they kind of freak interceptions or not? Like, my thing is like, I don't think he ever came in and was the Brennan from 2021. I just think I I still think the 22 season. I'd take the 2020 season. Our offense. Well, that's the thing. It's like I would take it too, but that's what I'm saying is I think those first two years they're relatelatively good. And then whatever happened last year. Yeah, what happened last year is you saw Clemson's offense. I mean, they run. You well, saw yeah, I know, right? And but but that's the thing. And so that's what I was I was trying to get to it. Right? Is we're talking about okay, Duke? Or, yeah, is Duke really that good? Or did Duke play really bad Clemson offense I'm, and get the Sam Hartman interception? Game I'm told Sam Hartman. I'm told Sam Hartman is good. But look, man, I mean, like I, I just saw Ohio State score 17 against against Notre Dame. I saw Duke score 14. And somehow we we cried for two weeks because state scored twenty four. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's the thing. I, that's I neither, yeah, I'm neither here nor there. I mean, we're, we you know, you know, Sam Hartman's great. Ohio State's great. They score less points. We're mad. I, I don't. I mean, fi- let me figure well, it out. They, everyone wants to talk about Riley Leonard, but I mean, look at his stats this season. Uh, hey, not Riley, Riley is not Brendan Armstrong. He's he's Riley well, Leonard. <laughs> but that's the thing is like so like when you win. And you, you know, yeah. When you win, we don't care. Like, I think the ex, I think, but here's the thing: is right. I think the expectations for Duke. Yeah, they had nine wins last year, but go look at who they beat. It was the optimal schedule for Mike Elko to walk into. I think if you have low expe- expectations for Duke, and then they beat Clemson, and then they nearly beat Notre Dame, that has like a different vibe to it than well, we've got pretty good to high expectations for Brennan, and each game it's getting worse and worse and worse from a stats perspective. So. I don't know. I just don't. Yeah, they never set him up to to win. I said after the game, they sh- why not? I said after the game, Sorry. go to MJ. Like I, it, it was time to go to MJ Morris after the Louisville oh, after yeah. the Louisville game. I, I I don't think we were never. Hopefully, man, maybe it came across that we thought Brennan should still be the quarterback. Nope, I, we were not saying that. You know, like I don't feel that way. It was simply why did it take till week six to get what we expected to see week one. Well, I thought, regardless I mean, I of the quarterback, been, like Trent yeah, Penix getting schemed up, a receiver getting schemed open, like we didn't see that the first six, first five weeks of the seasons, and so it was more a talk of the system versus the quarterback deal. 
And and yet it was like the numbers were being used as justification for MJ Morris. Like, he scored 48 points because of the system and the amount of easy stuff that was created with it. Like, I hope it continues. I hope we can go to Duke and KC goes 8 for 102 and six of those passes be, th- be handoffs. Like I just, yeah, yeah. I just don't know if I, that can continue. I I don't. I mean, here's the thing. I think it's still you got to go back and look at it, right those two games without McMahon and just how bad that interior line looked. Maybe they just didn't think they could do any. Like, do you really want to be throwing pop passes when the interior is getting exploded every game? Right. Like, I think there may have been some thought there. That but was it, another change that helped out Saturday. It wasn't just MJ. You had the two touchdown runs you got up the middle. That helps out, too. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it wasn't just the quarterback change that made State all of a sudden score 48 points. There were multiple factors to it, multiple layers to it. And I think pointing that out shouldn't be taken as we don't believe in M.J. Morris. Like, I think M.J. has a has the ability to be a really good quarterback. I, I just think it, it's going to take some time, and I hope State continues to make it easy for him, man. I mean, I really do. I'm worried that that we're going to see they go back to Trent Penix not playing and us seeing Jacarius Peak playing tight end. No. And, and like, I know. I think, like, no, I think they'll I think they'll try to keep it simple, right? Because they're at least for a few games I well, in the end I thought they were going to ideally get to the bye week and then they were going to make a change. I don't think I think after UL they had no choice and they had to play him or play him at this point. But my guess is he got this wasn't even ideal from their perspective as far as he came in, but um Ah, oh, damn! I had a good point. Now I lost it. I'm sure it'll come back. Um, well, how do y'all feel about Duke? How do y'all feel? I mean, are, do you, are you confident now after this performance? Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't think Duke's that special. I mean, listening Agreed. to Dave talk about how thick their defensive line is and how thick their running back is, um, you know, I don't know what to expect. I mean, I would love, I would prefer our defense over a guy who has what, like a, a garbage time snaps for Duke. Versus MJ going against their defense, like I'm surprised it's actually just a what was it like two or three point favorites for them still. Like that was yeah. kind of surprising to me. I want to say they opened like three and a half. Um, but yeah, I mean I think it's a good and you know I thought you made a great point, right? Like at least when they bring Brennan Armstrong in at Duke for those short yardage situations, no one's gonna boo him. <laughs> like, I mean, like man, and I honestly, I don't even want to. I don't care. I don't even have to see Brendan Armstrong again. Figure it out. What like what? To me, it's frustrating. You feel like you got to bring him in. Like you can't yeah. run something well, without we, bringing him in to get to get a, a the, run game the going. Next drive, the next drive, they were inside the twenty and they scored with a thing was just a handoff and they just spread the field out hand and up, it was an hand easy the ball run off. rate. Hand the ball off or your I, or your quarterback run it or throw it. I mean, like you shouldn't have to play separate deals like. Figure it out. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, if you want to do, if you want to bring Brennan in for the butt push and if you want to let him sit in shotgun and make a read and run, I like just nothing about those plays I mean, screamed. We're setting Brennan Armstrong. We did, we did the, um, we talked about that one in the walkthrough last night. And, and like that was a very, Philip was like, I think this was the first or second play I've charted where we go to a full progression read. And it's like you bring Armstrong in and you bring him in, you play action, he turns his back to the field and you've got, you know, they were running, I think he called it pylons, where you had two guys crossing going to the pylon. So he's reading flat, pylon, other pylon, and then coming back to Mims as his fourth progression. It's like, yeah, why are you bringing him in and the very first thing you give him is a four-progression read? Just go QB counter or go QB draw or hand the ball off. Like, 
It made no sense. Because you know what? <laughs> if he scores there, right, fan base is, well, one, fan base isn't going to boo him, right? They're going to be like, okay, well, we know what we're what what this probably means, mad. But... They're probably mad he scored because then they state may go back to him for some reason. Like no, I mean that's the thing. Is like I don't care. Do hit the easy button. That's my thing. Right? Is that was not the easy button for Brennan. No, like, Brennan. They've given him so much easier options in the red zone so far. And like, of course, the second they do, the, you know, I'm sure Robert was thinking, I'm setting this up. I'm setting this this play action up here. And then of course the blocking. You know, they get what three guys and two well, hats on him again, and he gets. You know, and to your point, like, why are you making this guy who's shell shocked a little bit have to go one, two, three, four? Like it, it's not his, it's not his ability. Well, we're like, we're relate, we're we're relying on Demarcus Jones to block for us. So, God, he's. A, I mean, again, that's that's what I was going to say earlier is that I forgot is I don't. It, it seems like multiple years now where it's like this this obsession with this dedication to to veteran players and playing these guys, you know, giving Jones time, giving Keon time, even though, I mean, I think we all agree that Keon's in the wrong position. Like, I, I don't think they're setting him up for success either, but for whatever reason, it's just like this, this staff just loves giving guys more run than they need to. When you've got young guys behind them that are explosive. Well, that, that just seems what it is every year. It's like, we don't want to play the young guy. He can't be trusted, but but the other guy doesn't do anything. Well, hopefully so they learn. Demarcus Jones. I mean, like I don't know. you're Jordan Houston. Like I was told all off season, it's his time. Can somebody explain what the hell that means? Here's you, the you've thing. had five. Staff, you've had five years. That's enough time. That's enough yeah. time. I think the staff sees, just always sees the the positive pat, greener pasture for these guys. Oh, Jordan just didn't get enough reps. Oh, Keon just doesn't get enough touches. Right, Demarcus. Whatever I don't know. He just he probably just is great in practice, and they're like, we know he can do something. And then every time in the game, it it's like a fifty fifty. Either he does it great, or he looks like a walk on. Um, so I just don't. I I just wish they would kind of just say, you know, it's time to just trust the better players. Like I felt like Bailey Hockman got more run than he needed to um, the COVID year because I think Dave just loved his story. Like when remember the VT game? Like why was Bailey Hockman the starter in that Virginia Tech game? We were, we lost that because of him, right? He had three picks. He looked terrible. You bring in Leary, boom, 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 touchdown, touchdown. Wake Forest, like, man. He won the Wake game. <sighs> we, hey, we, we like these he Wake wins. He almost lost it with a pick six. We like these. We just said we like these Wake Forest wins, man. He had 45 I, on Wake. <laughs> I'm still convinced that Tim McKay got that short shrift at FSU because Dave was like, you know what's a great story? Bailey Hockman coming back to Florida State, and he's going to come in, and he's a gamer and we're going to just let him take it. I you know, I don't know. I, I think no- these guys really like their players and just can't be ice cold at times and tell them, "Hey, you're just going to have to sit. I'm sorry." Well, this notion, like I said, this whole stubborn deal. I mean, you 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 bring up McKay. I mean, that was the opposite. You know, he played <sighs> one road game against West Virginia State scored, I think 27 points and it's time to change quarterbacks. His first row. Please give MJ a longer leash. I don't want to be going to Lex Thomas if if he goes to Duke and you only score 24 points. You know, because like, yeah, it, it, there's not this th- this whole stubborn notion makes no sense to me. In fact, I think in that scenario, he's not patient enough. You know, yeah, he wasn't patient enough with McKay. If if you were going to pull him after his first road start, you might as well have never should have started him. Like, let's be honest, yeah. you shouldn't have started. And- I swear to God, I I feel like if that game had not been FSU, if that had been Georgia Tech, Miami, whoever, anyone else. 
he would not have put Hockman in there. I really think he was like, he's going to get that spark. He's back where he used to play. Hmm. And he kind of played okay. I well, remember you, that you know game the thing that they, if, if that's the case, you know what folks need to realize? This isn't a movie. Well, right, right. I, this, saying, this isn't a... he, I said Dave Doran loves Tom Rinaldi, um, <laughs> Tom those, Rinaldi. those Tom Rinaldi spots because I think he's just a sucker for that kind of thing. Um, this isn't a movie. And I, you know, everyone should go back and watch that, that West Virginia game. You know what the problem was? The defense could not stop not West stop Virginia. Anybody. And all West Virginia did was like run tempo. Yeah. They didn't, there was nothing special they were doing. They are just like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to snap it with five seconds. And, and and that's the thing too is like we we haven't seen that really aside from like the first drive of the UConn game. No, no tempo. We ran with again. tempo, right? And we just blitzed down the field, and then all of a sudden it just was like, oh well, we're I guess we can do that whenever we want. Yeah, but we never wanted. And to they were again. like, we got to protect this defense. That that to me is the old argument I have with state right there is the this notion you need to protect your defense or the thought of it. I don't. Again, that's the that's the other thing when you look at what Anai had done previously. Tempo was a big deal. Yeah, tempo was a big deal. You're helping your quarterback out. You're subbing less. You can't run tempo yeah. if you're subbing every play. You can't. I was I was gonna say sometimes like with Syracuse, he wouldn't run fast, but he wouldn't change out either. Right. So we would hold them out there and wait and see if they would make a mistake and sub in, and then you'd see him all of a sudden option right. out and go to something. And there's none of that. And so. Yeah, it's just, and I just don't know if that's a trust thing or what. Like, now, I mean, at the same time, like, are you protecting your defense by doing those pooch kicks? Like, no. Was Marshall's return man like some huge threat? No. I did not hear anything about this guy. And then in the conference, or uh, in the yeah, in the conference call, he goes, "Well, you know, we didn't want him to get the ball." Well, and and also they like, were they were what? treating it as a um, they were treating it as a uh, onside kick. So they were saying oh, that they were there were these huge gaps in their coverage that they were trying to drop the ball in and see if they could recover it. Which again is the opposite of conservative. You're actually doing that with the I, lead and giving them the ball at the forty if you don't get it. But Yeah, I mean I, I, I like random aggression, you know, that's fine. But then he did it twice and you're like, Okay, now what why are you doing this? And the thing is like if you're really afraid of a returner, just kick it out of bounds. Put it on the thirty five instead of the twenty five. That's a ten yard return. Right. I'm at- like I don't understand that I don't know again, we make things complicated, but that game, I just do wonder if I, I need to go back and look. Like post after those pooch kicks, did they get any points off of those drives? Um, I don't think so. I think yeah, they held. They probably them. pushed us back. Um, I don't know. It's just stuff like that where I'm like, what are we doing? That's not the easy button. So, but do you feel good about know, man. Duke, man? You, you tell me what you guys think. Yeah. How do y'all feel? Well, Evan, Evan can't tell you because he's on a work. Call oh, right there now, you go. I've been staring at him, and he did say, like, at 12, he was going to have to take a call. But um, I I just think it's going to – I think it's going to be a grinder of a game. I think – but I think we'll – I think we'll put up, like, 24, 28. Like, I – you have to trust our defense versus a unknown young quarterback, right? Well, that should be the positive for Stadies. You got thrown kind of a bone here with this, this Leonard injury. Like, I would not be optimistic at all if Leonard was healthy. Um, and I know Duke kind of likes his backup, but again, it's his first start, first extended action. I would not want that against NC State's defense. You know, I, I mean, think you know what Tony's going to do. Yeah, I mean, I think State's going to find a way to generate some some plays um, defensively to where maybe you can help your offense out. But I do think Duke's defense is legit. You know, I watched the Notre yeah. Dame game; they're legit, and and it's a litmus test for me. Like this is what I want to see. This is the environment I want to see Morris in because. If he is the guy we think he is and he's your long-term answer, because because that's the biggest reason I wanted to see State make this move. 
It wasn't about what he would do this year versus Brendan. I think they're about the same. Eh, whatever. You're banking your future on this guy. Like, if yeah. you would have redshirted him, how would you have handled the quarterback position going into next year? Would you have just given him the deal without knowing what he could give you? You'd have been looking at I two wouldn't. games, right? You'd have been having to wait two games. So, for me, the biggest positive to this change is we should know at the end of this season what we have with MJ Morris. Is yeah, he your starter? You can retain him. Yeah. And then the question yeah, becomes, if you want to. Yeah, then the question becomes, does he go into the portal, whatever. But you're still going to know definitively as a player what you have. And so I'm excited about this matchup for him because if he's going to be the guy you're looking at to be your quarterback for the next three years, he's going to have to be in these types of situations, in these types of spots. Everything's not going to be Virginia Tech at home, Boston College at home, Wake Forest at home, Marshall at home. Like, you you need these tough opportunities. So yeah. – and you, he gets a good chance with, with Leonard being out. I mean, you would have to say going into this game, who are you taking in the, at the quarterback position? Harry Bev Bellin or MJ Morris? All right, you're taking MJ Morris. Yeah. I mean, I think what it comes down to is, was Duke good because they were able to leverage ball control, you know, type drives with Riley Leonard and his running abilities. Know, other kids can't him- run. Yeah, like what if what if we get him into like we just had right a ton of possessions? I I'm really curious to see. Like I mean that that Clemson game was a freak performance, right? With no, the, they should have won the game. turnovers and things like that. Like that's hard to sustain, and I just don't think in, they've really played anyone that's really stressing them, right? I mean they got UConn, but they got they didn't get the UConn we got. You know, <laughs> like they got Sam Hartman, man, <laughs> Sam Hartman. I, you know, man, that Notre Dame game. If we show a pulse of offense, those first three drives, right? Like, I mean, that looked like the best. Well, I, I mean, Notre Dame looked rattled. And then they got the lightning break, and then they came out, well, and then I, all hell broke I loose. I think the right? argument you made for the Notre Dame game is don't give up 45 points. Like, I, yeah. I you know, I mean, because cause the, the truth is, for Louisville, for Duke, for Ohio State, 24, which is what State scored, would have been enough. Yeah. So you look at the defense in the Notre Dame. I know we don't want to do that. We, we you know, we're, for some reason we can't ever possibly, you know, ever hold, you know, question NC State's defense. I mean, like, heaven forbid. It, it's kind of like my guy Stephen A. Smith, and I'm a big LeBron. I don't know if you ever see his spiel. He always goes on with LeBron James where he's like, you know, he's like, look, heaven forbid I say LeBron James is the second best player ever behind Michael Jordan. Like, how dare I say something that blasphemous right it's like well i can't possibly question nc state's defense here but don't give up 45 to notre dame i here's what i would suggest i know it's like the opposite of gibson's nature but maybe on the first drive sit back a little bit wait and see what the kid can kind of do because you know they're going to scheme up for super aggressive gibson these you know they've had these one read throws these get to your back foot throw it on to they're going to because it's because it's been the bye week and that's what they're going to do. So I mean, if I was Gibson, I would, you know, I would feign the pressure and then drop it off for the first few plays because I'm sure, I'm sure they've got nothing really to bank on with what what they've got tape wise on this kid. And um, you know, I just I don't know. It just reminds me of like the the Miami game and others like where you just see him be like, I'm just going to go blitz like every play and I'm going to isolate these receivers on our DBs and I'm going to trust them. And then you had Tyler Van Dyke be like, Oh, I guess I'm just going to carve you up and just throw jump balls. Like, so I just hope we sit back a little bit. If we do that, I think things will go well. I'm, I'm risk averse, man. Like I, I get the pressure and I like the pressure, but 
I don't know. I feel like sometimes as fans, we think pressure's harder for a quarterback. But I think a lot of times drop eight's harder for a quarterback, especially if I don't think the quarterback's good. Well, look at what they did to Brendan with it. Yeah, I mean, no, no doubt. That's why he was struggling, yeah. right? Everyone was sitting back. Yeah, and I mean, and I think you're going to see, you know, teams do it more. Like like we watched Jack Plummer the other night. I talked about this with the Louisville game. Go look at what he did versus drop eight versus pressure, where you let him yeah. get to his back foot and he just throws a jump ball up. Like, you know, you, you learned that in high school. But being able to read field the field and see and go through progressions, I, I want to see if teams do that with MJ. Are they going to try and muddy it up and, and put more people in coverage? He hasn't seen. I think the, the first interception, or not the first, the third one was that. There was a lot more coverage, and he, he got batted, but oh, that ball wasn't – that, that player wasn't open anyways. I mean, he shouldn't have thrown that. Uh, yeah, he was trying to go to Vereen. I do wonder – it's so hard to watch from that tape, from that angle, is like, is that just sealing harmlessly into the secondary, or is that getting picked no matter what? Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's – yeah, they definitely did something different there, but – yeah, I mean that's my thing is yeah. Can you find a way? Here's the, I I know you say you don't think he's as mobile as Brennan, but I think he's practically as mobile. He's I bet if you put him straight line, they're about the same. It's the question of is he going to lower his shoulder? Yeah, and I mean it's the, the way Brennan does it, it, right versus slide. Yeah, I mean there's two there's it's, two different things between being able to scramble some and be an efficient scrambler, and you actually run offense for your quarterback. Like NC State yeah. had packages in their offense for more for for Armstrong as a runner. I don't know if they're going to oh, have sure. that for for Morris. That's the 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 difference there. But yeah, I think he should be able to still scramble and pick some stuff up. It's you know I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful he he's it works. And I, like I said, Duke's going to be a great test for him. I mean, because to me, like I want nothing else than we're sitting here. Sunday and NC State wins this game 31-17 or 31-20 and Morris looks and it doesn't even have to be great like I would take 220 and two touchdowns like just a solid I good I just want to perform- win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You win and you get a solid good performance from him to where you can have confidence moving forward against these other teams because we talked a lot about Marshall's defense coming in this game but let's be real. I mean like they played Albany, East Carolina, Old Dominion and Virginia Tech, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I think they cleaned up on bad offenses, right? Yeah, kind of like what we do. I mean, we yeah, do the same thing, no doubt. Um, and I mean, I, I here's the thing: they looked. I know everyone wants to say they're undersized, but they looked well coached, and they looked like a team that was used to winning. They didn't look like they were freaking out whatsoever as we were scoring. Like, it's just, I think that's a better team. Like, I think that's a better team than UConn was last year even though you you know when UConn got to six and six um so like I thought that was a really good at a conference type game and quite frankly like you know we played Virginia Tech this year right like I think I think they were the equivalent of a lower tier ACC team yeah I mean like, and that's I mean they beat Virginia Tech you know I mean state should be able to win that game I, I'm I'm a, I'm really it bothers me that like I think folks take that pod that way because I like more I like MJ as a player I do yeah it's just like we were literally looking at it more what we saw from him in that game and it was more kind of like I think it's just surprised like hey they schemed up a ton of crap in this game that they haven't done all year and it worked but and if you take that away he he, he wasn't really good but. I'm fine with that because, again, first start, hadn't played football in a year. 
He's going to get better moving forward. We did see flashes last year. Like, all of those things are positives for him. Like, I, there, there's not really a ton of doubt in my mind that Morris is going to be good. I think he's going to yeah. be good. It's just, going. is he going to be good enough to help you win a lot of games? Frankly, is he going to be good enough to still be here next year? Well, I, that's the thing too. Is like everyone. I don't know why you guys act like we're like the most broke NIL. I, it's out not there. about it like to me. Just, I I know I I know I know what you're. I yeah. know where you're going with that, right? But I I think I think if you let him get the run, man, he'd have to be really good this year for someone like from the SEC to try to come and get him again, mm-hmm. like like a legit program, right? Like I think part of the problem when wasn't it Auburn that made a run at him. Like yeah, they talked to him a little they, bit. I think the deal. So from what I had heard on on MJ, and I, again, all this stuff is behind the scenes. So who knows if it's true? But I had heard he was wanting a starting offer, and I, I think even that more so than the um than for, the from NI, us or from the other teams. Other teams, like if he could have oh, got okay, a, okay. a starting offer from the S from an SEC team, he could have. You could have seen him go into portal. But yeah. I think what happened was, you know, he didn't get that. And, um, you know, he, he decided to stay and state was able to kind of make it work from the NIL standpoint. Like, I think that's more of the deal. I mean, he's, he's a Georgia kid. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, like it's gotta be factored in. Yeah. He's a Georgia kid who I assume, you know, he, he probably would not mind playing in, in the sec. I, I, I don't know if he's going to, but I'm with you. Like, is he going to do enough to where that can happen? You know, like that's the question. Yeah. In our, the other thing, too, is, right, like, I mean, I am not going to blame a quarterback looking around at the receivers that we were trotting out there the last several years and say, well, they should just stick around if we're not committed to getting explosive players on the field to help them. So, I mean, I think there's some factor there. So, like, you know, you've got a good class coming in that's going to be young guys. Hopefully you can retain KC and Timmons and these guys. And if I think if State goes, hey, man, we're going to go out and get really aggressive in the portal and we're going to get help on the offensive line and we're going to get help at wide receiver and running back, you know, just say, hey, we're committed to putting every piece of talent around you we can. I think it would be easier to keep him, you know, but they've but State's got to show the willingness to do that, right? Like they can't go in there and be like, well, we're going to get a sixth man offensive lineman. You know, we're going to go get a Dakari Collins that we're just like not going to trust. Like, I don't think they've done anything there to, I don't know. I mean, would would Leary still be here if we were like, Hey, we're going to be aggressive and go target all these guys to put around you. I I don't know. I'm not saying I want Leary here. Yeah. I I think Devin's deal was always the system and the opportunity being presented to him. I don't think he thought was good enough, which, you know, he leaves to go ripping it up in an eye system though. I do, but he goes to Kentucky and plays in, you know, for basically that's the work, you know, yeah, I, I don't. That was the worst choice. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, I mean, right. I think that was the problem with him was like, you know, is he is he benefiting enough from being at NC State? And that's where I think it is with with MJ. I don't, and that's why I don't worry about it because you're right. Like within this era of NIL and the one year transfer portal, you don't know what these guys are going to do. That's why like, I didn't care about ever redshirting MJ. It's like, who cares? Why would you worry about yeah. a redshirt? Like, the guy might not be here next year, may not be here in two years. You know, I, t- I use this as a statement all the time. Like, my buddy Bryant, my partner, we we would always go into these back and forths about Demi Sumo not redshirting his freshman year. It's like, yeah. why did he play special teams? And it's like, well, here we are. And, 
He's he threw some the red shirt, blocks. The red shirt doesn't matter to NC State anymore. You know, he's like at Kentucky now. Oh, <laughs> you know, and that's the whole God. point. Is it's like, why would it have mattered for State if you now the counter to that well, is you know Demi Sumo was always injured. That's what I was told. He was you know the one year he got to play, he was always right. injured. James, right, right. Well, and the counter to that would be like we actually this morning we're talking about um, Savion Jackson. And how he played very little. He played sparingly as a true freshman in 19. And now he doesn't have that extra year that a C.J. Clark has who redshirted that year, right? Like, that's yeah, the, his injury didn't happen at the right time. Yeah, I mean, and that's the <laughs> right, right. And that's the argument is, um, you know, the redshirt deal. But I, I just – I'd I, rather get guys for four years than hope I get them for five and I didn't get to play them for one of those. Like, it's just – I don't think State has that luxury. I think State should try to – get the most out of every guy they possibly can. And like to your point, there's no telling how many guys are going to transfer their junior or senior year now. And and if they pop off and they're going to get some incredible offer from somewhere. And frankly, I don't blame a guy if he's played for somewhere for three or four years and wants to be like, well, hey, I'd like to go play at Alabama if I get that opportunity or Texas or wherever. So I think it is what it is. My thing is just, just you have to – we have – Obviously, there's been a change in recruiting. I think the last this this season and last season, it seems like we are all of a sudden now that NIL is allowed, we are getting some of these better playmakers. And I do think, you know, a Paylor and these guys are going to change things going forward for us. But we just got. I just cannot stand the commitment to older guys just because they've been here. Like I just don't get it. And I think that's what's always going to be a holdback. Is I think Dave's kind of sentimental with certain guys. Um, especially with Keon, I just, I just well, wish you guys would ask, like, hey, why is Keon not in an I've inside tried. guy versus? I've tried that. I know, no, 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 I know. I, I think if you ask it, he's gonna be like, "Fuck you, James." Like, yeah, I mean, me it's just like, roster, right. but but it's like, well, well, why is he getting thirty-three routes? Okay, yeah, what's going on here? Um, if he was getting thirty-three routes and it was from Flexi or rare, you know, like that's the thing is like, I just don't under. I'd love to know what he does at outside receiver that the other. Guys that I mean, like Anthony Smith can do far more on a route than than Keon can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like maybe that's the question. Can you guys just ask? Uh, hey, are we ever going to see Ant Smith again? I will ask I mean, about Anthony next because that's a cult hero. I will <laughs> ask about my man. <laughs> my man, like I, I, you know, he's my guy. I'll ask about him next week. Um, I, I don't, I don't get. Like I said, he's on punt return, punt coverage. Just tackle somebody, get. Get your name set in the stadium to where maybe Joker's like, oh, wait, Anthony's still here. Hey, Anthony, oh, come yeah. on. Wait, there you go. Come in. Let's get <laughs> that, the game. That guy with the, uh, what, 4 three forty? Right. Yeah, like, should I play that guy? He's always six feet by the defender. Like, I mean, I, I don't advocate penalties often, but go out there, get a roughing the kicker or something. Just let them know you're still on the roster, man. I mean, that's my thing. It's like you've got him. You've got Chris Scott Jr. You've got Baldwin and a couple of the other crab tree Like, these guys are just taking up scholarships if you're not going to play them. And especially when one of the guys actually has like an elite skill set in one factor. Like, if he catches 25% of the balls thrown at him, that's probably 40 yards. Are you getting 40 yards right now out of one catch from Keon? No. no. I mean, like, I, that's I, my thing. It's like, just play the numbers. Uh, well, I just, I, again, I just want to see it. Just one time, give me Timmons, Smith, Casey. And Penix, I guarantee you there's going to be an explosive play. I mean that, but it's too, or at least two guys wide open. It's too smart. 
It's too smart. Are you yeah. calling our coaches dumb, James? Hey, I'm being told I never <laughs> criticize the coaches. I, I'm a shield for the coaches. You know, I never – I constantly question things these guys do. Constantly. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with a. You don't think I do? I don't agree with a lot of what they do. No, no, no. no. I was going to say, James, why don't you burn all your sources and relationships? <laughs> and let me know well, how that goes for, you, for your port for your for your platform. I mean, I think like I'm, I know <laughs> folks don't believe me when I say this, man, but but like, there's been very few times where I haven't said something because I'm worried about a source. Like honestly, because like a lot of times, yeah. what we're what we're discussing is often enough common sense to where we should be talking about it. Right, like it's not. Evans, right? Like, why can't we question why Anthony Smith's not playing? That if that's if somebody wants to take that as a knock, well, damn it, like take it as a knock. That's a that's a valid question. The guy, anytime he's on the field, creates separation. We spent five weeks arguing about nobody getting open, and you've yeah, got the fastest right. player on the team sitting nobody. Like, like that's a valid question, concern. Like, and, if you don't, and agree the thing with is, it's like. You know, in the spring games and in certain games, like he's made difficult catches. Yeah, he's also dropped wide open catches. I I get it. I'm sure that's super frustrating, but the dude is open every effing time. I, I don't. Like, I don't even care about drops. Like I don't. I'm I at, don't. I'm at the point where I, if you give me upside, like I like will your word upside. If I feel like you've got upside, I'll live with a drop or two. I'll live with it because I know you're going to create some big. Like I don't need. Again, I don't want to offend any Keon, the same family members that listen to your podcast. <laughs> they don't. Okay, I've okay. I don't want to offend no anybody, but I don't care if you don't drop five-yard hitches. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, you can catch all the five-yard hitches you want. I don't care if if you if you end the season with no drops. I want explosiveness, upside, verticality. You're seeing some with Timmons now. I, KC gives you that that element where he's just a dynamic guy, but the rest of them, come on. <laughs> you got me clapping. You clapping on me? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, get, get this. I mean, don't you think with if you got Timmons and Smith in the game running deep verticals, isn't that going to open up something for Keon Lassane to make that intermediate route that he apparently is so good at running? Like, that's my thing. I just don't understand why you don't want to stress a team. And like the thing with Keon. When you play him out of position, it's like you're you're making him inefficient by default. And then you're giving him really low probability catches anyways, like fade routes and end zones and things like that. So I just don't understand. Like, I think you asked earlier this season, maybe you didn't ask him, but you were kind of speculating, like, do we look at, at data? Do we look at analytics? Like, shouldn't it be screaming to you you're doing something wrong? They can't. Like, when if you look at <clears throat> as many times as they punt in plus territory – they're looking at the, if they're looking at analytics, they're looking at something wrong, right? And for me, it's like the targets per route run and different things like that. It's like if I'm putting a guy on the field, like you put Keon on Keon the same led NC State in targets again in routes run against uh, Marshall. I don't. I think thirty every route run every passing play he was on the field thirty three right. Mm-hmm. MJ yeah. threw it thirty three times or something. Well, thirty two and he had a scramble, so I think we had two scrambles. So maybe one play he was off the field. He had one target. I mean, like, if you're commanding one target on 33 routes run, you're you're not getting open, or you're not doing enough for the quarterback to think he needs to throw you the ball. Yeah, you know, you compare that to Timmons. I think Timmons was nine routes run and he had three targets. I mean, just think about that: nine routes run, he, he they threw the ball three times. Right. So play that guy 33 times. 
<laughs> times that by the 33% target rate and see what you get. You know, like, yeah. like Casey had 15 targets on 24 routes run. That's the analytical stuff we need to be looking at and saying, okay, these guys would hire. Like, that's one of the things I love about Anthony Smith. His A dot's crazy high. His targets per route runs crazy high. When he's on the field, they throw him the ball because he's open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I just keep wondering, like, are you saving this for something? I don't get it. Like, apparently, yeah. you're playing possum. But, who, but who's making that call? Like, right? Like, I mean, Dave has eyes. Like, if it's Joker or an eye, can, can he not just come in and be like, guys, I just want to see this guy run the run a route 10 times. Let's see what happens. Are we really? I mean, is. I hate to just keep piling on Keon the same. Is his blocking just so elite that you can't take him off the field? And put in a guy who can run a forty-yard route in four seconds. No, why? I, I don't, what happens man. if you put Anthony Smith in motion and let him run on? You know, I mean, I, there's all kinds of stuff you could get that kid the ball or find there, ways. There to has to be make stuff going think. on. There has to be stuff going on behind the scenes. It can't like I mean, if there would, yeah, it can't Tiny be all grades. football related. Tying this back yeah. to MJ and Brandon Armstrong conversation, I think that's part of the problem that most of us saw is that Brandon Armstrong seemed to just lean on Keon. And maybe that's the way it was called. Maybe that's how he defaulted. He wasn't getting the ball to the guys that made plays, right? I mean, not consistently enough. You had a game where Concepcion had one catch, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And you're you're like – and that's the difference between the two quarterbacks – or at least what they're doing offensively with the two quarterbacks yeah. is you're getting a ball like you know we talked about it already manufacturing touches for him. Brennan seemed to always key on Keon and just lean on him, and you're like that's not your best way to for success, right? Get it to I, figure out how to get that ball to Julian Gray's hand. Figure out how to get it to Concepcion's hand. I think it's his which catch, I, I, it's his and, and I think it's the adjustment you make when you say let's take the progression out of the let's take the progression element out of this. Like, that's what you saw this last game. Like, if you want to really, like, simplify it, State basically said, MJ, we're going to tell you who to throw the ball to. We're going to tell you who Good. to give the ball to. Yeah. yeah 100% agree. Yeah. Right? Like, Good. that was in the first five games, if you're going through progressions, maybe that's leading you to key on more. Maybe that's leading you to someone, whatever. But the, this last game, it was on this play, hey, we're running this this scene past the Trent Penix. Fake the fake the bubble. You've got Penix up the seam. That's your one read. That's your throw. Hey, we're running this pop pass to KC. Like, there's no read in that. You just give it to him. Yeah. Well, and, they're, they're setting yeah, it up. Do that too. every do that every week. Yeah. They set it up too. That first um the first pass to KC across the middle. And maybe it was maybe it was the bubble before that. Penix is running down the sideline wide open. He's right in front of me, and I'm like, oh, they're they're definitely setting that up for something. And the sure shit, they did it the, you know, two plays later or the next series later, and Penix is wide open again. Like, they clearly are – they were stacking reads on it, right? We're going to throw this one to KC while Penix is doing this, and then they, they're building off of it. I don't know why they didn't do that before, why they didn't simplify it before. Maybe their expectations for Brendan Armstrong were too high or whatnot. But they were clearly leading uh, MJ through all of this and mm-hmm. saying, all right, you're going to go to this guy, and then next year you're going to go to this guy because he's going to be wide open. And it worked. Yes. 
And it's what you should be doing in college. I mean, that's what? essentially what Mike Leach and his simplified offense always was. It was like we're building easy reads for your quarterback to stack these things on. Yes. And, well, look at, like, oh. Jalen Coit, right? Yeah. Like, that UConn game, he had, what, like, two or three drops. But he was open. He was open. And so, like, why not Why not let these guys work through that? And I think that's the thing is, like, I think Keon's in there because if you put the ball on him, he does catch it probably, like, 90% of the time. He's got really good hands. Problem is, it's like Brennan couldn't put it on him very consistently. And the other reason is, like, I just don't think he gets very much separation, right? So, like, we're not scheming him open. But then you got Jalen Coit, who's just naturally separating himself. Like, I'd rather see the guys that can naturally separate themselves, and I will deal with the drops. Yeah. Versus the guy who has great hands, but doesn't get the opportunity to really display those hands. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't think we're, you know, maybe, and that, maybe that's what he's talking about when he says we got to get Keon more involved is that they want them to scheme him open but he said it in his presser he said we need to get Keon and the guys who have been here longer the ball and I'm just like no no you don't I mean that was his presser yesterday and I well Ant Smith's been there a long time (laughs) yeah like (laughs) I I don't understand that that philosophy at all and I think it's impacting what you're seeing on the field from both quarterbacks and it's a hamstring to, to the so, offense. So let me ask you guys this before we get, you know, I, I know we got to get rolling here in a minute, but like um, going into Duke, what, what, where are you concerned with this team? It's still going to be sustaining, sustaining drives, right? They're mm-hmm. MJ's proven they can hit an explosive play. Are they going to be able to, you know, Duke's defense is good enough that they'll probably take a lot of those away. You know, so if you can't hit an explosive play, are you going to be able to, to, to sustain a drive? And we, I don't care who the quarterback is, we haven't shown that we've been able to do that all year, right? They just have not been able to drive down the field. Outside of the one series against UConn where they went tempo and they went doot, 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 doot down the field like it was nothing, and then we haven't seen any of that since, like, are you going to be able to sustain a drive? That's, that's my biggest concern. I'm not worried about Duke's offense. I think our defense matches up well with what they want to do. To me, it comes down offensively. Are you going to be able to sustain the drives? Are you going to be able to? Are you going to keep getting the ball into the hands of the guys that can make plays to Casey's hands, to Julian Gray's hands, Michael Allen? You know, are you going to use them that the, the right way? I think that's that's my concern, or what I'm. Well, watching I'd say for. my first concern is safety um, with the injuries there, and and then that having some miscommunications that allows Duke to get an early score or something like that and put the pressure on. Um, so I'm concerned there in general, but I would say it's, I mean, it's basically his first road start, right? Like, I mean, he only had what, like two or three drives that he got to play at Syracuse. M- so MJ? Yeah, MJ. Started at Virginia Tech, right? like, I was home. No, Virginia Tech was at home. Oh. Wake was at home. Oh. BC was at home. Syracuse was on the road and he got. Okay. I don't even think he got a drive. Everybody. I think he got a play. Like, did yeah, he, he get like a, maybe like a play? Or, I thought uh, like he had eight, one He got drive. like one drive. A three, it was a three and out. The he drive the that ended with that deep pass yeah. out of bounds where he right. hit like a tuba player. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's where I would see is like, you know, I think, frankly, like, I, I don't know if it's just because it's mic'd up that way, but they sure make Duke look like an intimidating environment against Notre Dame and, and Clemson with the, the students and people are actually showing up for one. So I think that's my, my storyline will be, how does he actually look on the road? And then can we build off of what we did because I, I think there's still a lot to, to grow off of him there and, you know, just keep hitting the easy button. And if it doesn't work, 
hit the medium button, and then if it doesn't work, bring in Brennan Armstrong because you're fucked anyways. Well, let, let, I don't, don't want to go back to Brennan. <laughs> I, I really, I, really I, know, I really don't want to go back to Brennan. Like I think this is now the time to say, what do we have for next year? What do we have moving forward? Let's finish the season yeah. out. See what see what happens. Um, I, I'm worried about the run game. Like I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to have enough week to week on the ground to sustain drives to where you're really going to have to win it with throwing the football. Like, is is Raphael supposed to be back this I week? I haven't heard on him. Okay. I haven't heard. Dave, the, the way Dave like, talks, think, he's not. It doesn't sound like it. Okay. Um, I I think to your point, just having Mims and Allen, like it's going to be difficult. If it, you know, I, I just, our, our offensive line is like the biggest issue. I, that's why I was saying like, if you're not going to play those wide receivers, then cut them off the roster and, and get transfer offensive linemen. I don't even care if they're from the Sun Belt. You know, I always, we always say like Joe Selfo was a perfect example of you can get older dudes that maybe are size limited that can help you out. And so that's, I think, I think we're just going to keep suffering on the O line until, or sorry, in the run game in general, until we get that fixed. Let me ask you this, James, before we get out of here. How much of the change in offense, right, the simplification, the the one read and go offense was because of the quarterbacks? How much is it because they realized our offensive line is trash and they can't block long enough for any, for to make through the progressions? Like, I started to think about this. We're talking about all, all that. Was it yeah, quarterback I, I or was it offensive line that drove some of that change? My hope is it was common sense, right? Like, like yeah. <laughs> my hope is literally, I, I hope they went into last week after Louisville. Like, look, we scored 10 points. We've got to change something. So Dave says, okay, we're going with MJ. Fine. What else can we look to do? I hope it's not we've got to do this because of MJ, right? Like, I hope that's not the reason they're doing it. I'm hoping that it was a knowledge of KC's not touching the ball enough every week. Trent Penix is not touching the ball enough every week. Let's get those guys more touches. And you should be able to as a coach scheme. Like P and 10 is one of the things that Phillip talks about a lot on our podcast, which he makes a great point about it. So P and 10 is basically the first play of every drive, right? Mm -hmm. And you you think about it from this standpoint. You're sitting on the sidelines as an offensive coordinator. The defense is on the field. Your offense is on the field. Can you not come out of there with a great play call? or a good play call on first and 10, right? Because you should be able to go to every position group. We're running this to start the drive. This is what you got to do. Make sure you do this. Be worried about this. All those things, every drive. And it's like you would think that going in and evaluating your team, it's simple to see why is Trent not touching the ball more. It shouldn't be because we're going to MJ. Like I hope that's why they didn't do it. Yeah. But you're right. It could be a reason. Maybe they say they're saying we're going to an inexperienced quarterback. We need to make this simpler for him. I don't view MJ that way. I don't view MJ as like you can't put more on his plate. I thought last year you saw some of the charts Philip was putting up last week. I mean, he threw a lot of deep balls last year. State gate state put more on his plate, I thought, last year. So I think he can handle it. My hope is they just said we don't need to make it so hard on him. We don't need to make it as hard as we've been making things the first five weeks, right? Like, it, it shouldn't mm-hmm. have to be that difficult. You know, why are we playing Jacarius Peak at tight end? <laughs> you know, like, what, what great, are we – Great pass blocker. What yeah. are we doing here? You, you know, like, again, Jacarius, you know, play right tackle all you want. I mean, I'm God, I'm all for it. But don't take Trey Penix off the field and, and don't – I mean, like, the guy's got – 
he has the ability to, to score from anywhere on the field at the tight end position. Use that to your advantage. It shouldn't be, oh, we're going to MJ. All of a sudden, we've got to scheme up Trent. I hope that wasn't the case. I, I think it's more, you know, they talk a lot about going into bye week and self-scouting, right, self-evaluating mm-hmm. things you can tweet. I think they just yeah. had a mini bye week coming out. They're like, look, we're changing quarterbacks. What else can we change here? I think that's yeah, what Yeah, that's what we said. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean – I think that's true because, right, the fact that Dave was like, I watched it three times and I had to bench him because of performance. I mean, I think there was probably a lot. He's watching those three three viewings and saying, like, oh, okay, it isn't just the quarterback. Look at this. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like Evan talked about it the offensive line. Help your offensive line out. Get the ball out quicker. You know, give him, give your quarterback some, some quick throws, some easy reads to where you're taking some off of his plate. There's a lot to it. I mean, I, I love the fact you mentioned Mike, uh, Mike Leach. Like, how many great quarterbacks has he really had? Now, statistically, right. he's had a lot of great ones. Yeah. But that's a system. <laughs> All right. They, those guys don't go – have any of them done anything at the next level? You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, to that point, right, wasn't that what Dave said with bringing in an eye was like, I wanted to get yeah. that air raid element. I wanted to get the stuff that was like – these. it had to drive him nuts when like a Texas Tech or someone like that stayed in a game with him where they had no right, right. to be within any scoring points. And they were just like – Lob the ball up. And you and know it's, it's a Jag catch. quarterback, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was always my thing with Brennan. It was like, I would not have wanted Armstrong if you didn't have Robert and I. Period. Yeah. Like, I felt Brennan was a mm-hmm. system quarterback who has shown he could excel in that system. So, right. pairing them together didn't bother. But if you wouldn't have had that system, I wouldn't have wanted Armstrong. Because I don't view Armstrong as this quarterback who is system proof, right? Like, I think he needs, he needs help. And yeah. so, you know. You know um, yeah, I think that was everybody's Drake. hope. Everybody's hope was that bringing them two together would come back to 2021. Yeah. But the real the realization was that hey, it's, it's not working. And, well, and and you're not you're not running what you're running in 21. So if that's the case, then don't stick with Armstrong. Right. Yeah. Why did it not work in Virginia? They weren't running what he's ran. Right. And the was, fact it looked like 2022 again was just that was what was so perplexing coming into the UConn game. It was like, well, maybe we're holding things back, and then it kept happening and kept happening, and you're like, well. Is it the players? Do we not have guys that can run what UVA no, did? No, you've got talented players. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's you, the thing. Yeah, that's what was so weird for fans. Yeah. But there's no tempo. Like, I get, you guys mentioned the tempo. There's no tempo. There, there's too much players substituting. There's no, there's no scheming up play players. I mean, like, if you take that stuff away from Brendan Armstrong, you don't have a, a quarterback good enough to win games for you. Right. Agreed. All right, we'll leave it at that. I think the folks can finally understand that uh, James does hate MJ, and he is a Fred and Armstrong stand. I need to get get MJ over here and, and, you know, do a little NIL. No, don't. That's a kiss of death. That's a kiss of death. Yeah, no, no. Every every guy we give money to, they uh, they don't do anything. I had Peyton over here. Look at the year he's having. Look at the year Peyton's having. Uh, I'll allow it, but you know that's. All right, hey, we'll, I want we'll let, let me tell you guys this real quick. I, I said this on the message board, and it really I think it makes a lot. Imagine how good you are as Drake Thomas to overshadow Peyton Wilson. Think about just yeah. think about that for a second. Yeah, yeah. like legit. That's crazy. <laughs> so somebody asked Gosh. me this last night. I was on another <laughs> podcast, and I'll ask this to you because I didn't really know how to answer it, and I put it on Twitter to, today. Where will Peyton Wilson rank? All-time defensive players for you at you NC know, State. Oof. I mean, this is why you come back to school, man. Like, the legacy, you you, yeah. you get put in these discussions. You know, like, you 
I mean, for me, you know, I'm always going to go, like, I'm always partial to Mario because of how Mario did it in terms of come in high school early, true right, freshman, right. All-American, was only at state three years. You know, he didn't red shirt, didn't play four seasons, and was dominant right away, set every record he could set at his position, all those things. Um, the Peyton thing's different because of the ebbs and flows of his career, right? Like he came right. in injured, had the breakout year, then he got injured, was overshadowed a little bit last year, and now he's having like the year you want to have when you make the decision he made. I mean, he's up there. Um, at linebacker, I mean, you guys remember Tulloch, um, you know, Nate Irving. I mean, he's in that cl- that mix, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> Stephen Tulloch was a I, bad dude, man. Like, yeah. Um, but Peyton's different. I mean, Peyton's a freak, dude. I mean, you could make an argument he's he's up there at, at linebacker, right? I mean, where would y'all put him? I don't know. I have. Just because I don't know, maybe it was because he was when I was in school. But I always have Nate Irving just in front of him. Uh-huh. Um, but that was until this year. This year, if he keeps on at this pace, I mean, I gotta probably knock him up a, uh, a spot. But I think Mario is probably rightfully there. Just so, I mean, there's so many defensive linemen that you could take. Mario that I just Bradley, think are just awesome. Yeah, you know, even like guys like B.J. Hill. Like I always thought, like the system hid how good he was. Um, you know, because he's just sitting there occupying blockers mm-hmm. and things like that. Like him and. Um, uh, oh, who who was the other guy? I was just gonna say, um, who was the guy that played defensive tackle right beside him? Um, um, he was on the Chargers, Justin Justin Jones. Justin Jones. Yeah, yeah. Like there's guys like that um, on defense that are just were so good that no one really realized until afterwards. I mean, on offense, like they, it's like the equivalent of like Tyler Jones. Like that dude was so good at left tackle. And no one ever talks about him. Peyton is right. now top 10 in tackles in NC State School history. He's at 334. And, you know, roughly he has about to keep climbing. three yeah. full seasons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's what was Drake at? Uh, Isn't he ahead of him? I don't I don't know. I don't have this. I don't have that in front of me. Um, oh, I thought you had the top 10. It's not. doesn't have him on here. And I don't know if that's okay. older or not. Steven Tulloch had 959 tackles. Like that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable production. Um, Mario's at three ninety nine. That's the next one that Peyton has to pass in order Wait, to. Stephen Tulloch at how many? Nine hundred. How is that possible? In one hundred and fifty nine games. Oh wait, that's NFL. Talk- Sorry, that's, no, that's NFL. that's NFL. Okay, I was gonna say no. Yeah, way. I was say, what yeah, yeah. the frick? <laughs> I know he was good, but. <laughs> that's great. Okay, I'm looking. NC State's NFL production. Sorry, that's why. Because see, he on. left early too. Yeah. Now remember, he yeah. left a year early. Yeah. Yeah, he was um, really good. I, I'd I mean, put, I think I think Peyton's up there, man. Like, yeah, I'd put Peyton in my. He's in my top five of defensive players, and he's definitely in my top five of NC State players that I like to watch. You know. Yeah, and you always like with these things. You feel like you know you're forgetting like the older group. You know. Um, yeah. But like in terms of modern era, I mean, State's had so many good ones that like make a good. I mean, I think Bradley and Mario is like. It's hard to top those two, you know, um, yeah. defensive all time. But all right, I know Will's yeah. got to go, and James, as always, I appreciate your time. Yeah, man, uh, it's always a good conversation, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I even just need if... to make sure Will still loves me, man, my guy. You know, don't. 
I was like, Will, what do you want me to just do? Lie? Just tell me. You want me to lie? I'll lie. You to said, you. yeah, you were like, you want me to lie? To <laughs> I you? And just, I was like, I didn't even say that. MJ That's was not awesome, even the gist man. of what I, I, I love. I love. I mean, you know, I didn't say no. My whole thing no, was like, it's just like you guys are ignoring the upside. I just thought, I don't know. Yeah, I, and, I can't remember how Philip phrased it, but it was like, a, it's not that he didn't say he wasn't like anything special, but he was like, he's not Tom Brady or he's not like an NFL quarterback. And I was like, I don't need that. Yeah. Neither is Brendan Armstrong, and he's. I just think there's. There's so much more upside there. And, like, yeah, like, we're going to finally see the true test, right? Duke's defense is legit. Clemson's going to be a struggle. Uh, Miami is always going to be a struggle for us with athletes. Like, we'll, we'll, we're about to see what MJ really is. And I he may think, be great. Yeah. Or he could suck. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. But at least, look, I, I appreciate him looking good against bad teams, right? I mean, that and I we just weren't getting that from from Brennan this season. Yeah, like there's something for just that. This is I what mean, it like, is. I'm, I'm hopeful he comes out this week and he's great. And you know, I mean, I'll take twenty. I don't care how many pop passes I get. Just win the damn game. <laughs> there right? you go. Like win the damn game. I, I got to roll. I got to roll. All right, All right folks, as always. Thanks for listening. Are we good? Not yet. Mm. <laughs>